Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. The friends are people just like you, people who are friends of God or who maybe be, be have been, I don't know the expression I'd like to use, maybe God has been working upon your life or in your life and you've now, he's created this uh, thirst within you to try to find him. Let me tell you this, God will find you. Turn your heart toward him and repent of your sin and receive him and he will make you his child. It's a beautiful and a wonderful thing it's the greatest part of my life and the greatest decision I've ever made in life. So we're going to take you into part two of Matthew 24. We'll probably get through, I hope, 12 verses because we're just giving you a review of the first four. Today's um, broadcast is sponsored by our good friend Mike Green at Platinum Plus Limousines. Platinum Plus Limousines. And I'll give you his number in a moment, but he can also help you with setting up vacations and vacation spots. Knows where a lot of nice places are. Knows where all the good restaurants are. And so maybe with the economy... You can't afford to get out on a plane and go somewhere here or there and spend a whole lot of money. Well, maybe you can do a staycation, something close. Um, his phone number is 410-796-7433. 410-796-7433. Well, thank you for listening before I begin the Matthew 24 study, I was listening to a teaching on faith the other night by Reinhard Bonnke. He's kind of like, he's passed on into glory now, but he's kind of like was the Billy Graham to Africa, a German-born, powerful man of God. He would have sometimes... Uh, crowds of a million people come from everywhere, set up these huge sound trucks and preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, before his death, he made a, a little series of videos and one of them was on faith. And so I'll give you just a few uh, gems out of that. He says, faith is our responsibility to believe. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, it takes faith to receive Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. By grace are you saved through faith, faith in Jesus. And so as a Christian, though, we don't go by our fears or our feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. That's our responsibility. Anytime you're in fear or going all by your feelings and the feeling that you might fail and all that and speaking that out of your mouth, that's our flesh. That's not our faith. 
and we were designed supernaturally to walk by faith. Another word for faith, as he describes it, is trust. Trusting all and only in God, trusting in God, and putting your faith in his word and in his person. The verse that says, many are called and few are chosen. He gives a Greek rendering of this that I like. And it says, many are called, but few have made that choice. We've been called to a life of faith and to living by faith, not our feelings, not our sight, but to live in a supernatural zone. And so it is many are called, but few make the choice to walk by faith. And so I trust today that's what you'll do. You'll make that decision to walk by faith, believing God, my all in all is all in all on Jesus Christ. He made one other statement, then we'll get into Matthew 24. He says, unbelief, unbelief, that's the enemy of faith, sours the soil and kills the seed of faith. So get that toxic substance of unbelief out of your vocabulary and your mind and walk by faith and not by sight. So that meant something to me, and I wanted to share that with you. Matthew 24, the last day's teachings of Jesus. And Jesus went out. He had just finished his um, scathing rebuke to the Pharisees and all in the temple in Matthew 23. And now he is leaving the temple with his disciples. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, that magnificent structure that took some uh, 80 years to build, marble, gold, stone. And his disciples, his learners, came to him to show him the building of the temple. They were just so awestruck by this magnificent structure. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? You see something that is just a, an architectural uh, marvel. And he said, Verily I say unto you, There shall not be here left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And remember I shared with you 40 years after Jesus um, said these words as he's the great prophet, priest, and king. Titus came in and sacked and plundered the temple, and the soldiers set it on fire, and all the um, uh, the internal parts of it were so heated and melted the gold that was between the marble slabs and the Roman soldiers turned them over to get to the cold. So Jesus' prophecy was fulfilled. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, so he um, leaves the temple, goes up the Kidron Valley, up from the Kidron Valley, up to the Mount of Olives. 
where he said that he would return in Acts, the first chapter, in glory. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? Lord, you're talking about some serious stuff here. When will this happen? And I shared with you that some of the answers as far as the when are found in Luke 21. Jesus doesn't address that so much. We don't have a date stamp, but he does answer that with some of the signs like the sign of Israel being surrounded by the enemy. And it says, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So when and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So Jesus will answer those parts of the question in these verses. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. A lot of deception in their day and in our day. And Jesus said, there's a lot of people going to be saying, uh, be saying a lot of stuff, religious people, non-religious people, uh, today the media and all. And so deception is on the rise. And the only thing that's the antidote for deceived minds and deception is by hearing the truth that just breaks apart deception. Jesus said, many are going to come in my name, and we have people that profess to be believers, but they don't possess Christ. That was true in Jesus' day, even more so now. They were saying, I am Christ, and between the first century and now, there have been many people that have said that they are Christ, they are the Messiah, and it says, and many will be deceived by them. Verse 6 Jesus gives specific signs. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, of course, um, just, what was it, um, 40 years after Jesus made this, uh, we have Titus coming and um, destroying the temple with his army and lots of um, battles and all. And so his immediate, immediate audience would hear these wars and rumors of wars. And Jesus said, see that you be not troubled. John, the 14th chapter. Man, we have a lot of things that could make us fearful and intimidated in these days because it seems like the violence and all that has been amped up exponentially. But Jesus said, don't be troubled, just as he did in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. And he said, because all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. When you hear these signs, you say, oh Lord, I wish we lived in a paradise. I wish we didn't have all these problems. Well, guess what? They are signs of the last days. And if we didn't see these signs, we would know we're not in the last days, but we're seeing them, and we're seeing them intensify and accelerate. It says Jesus said, but the end is not yet. The end is not yet. Verse 7, he goes on to continue this. Nation shall rise against nation. The Greek word is ethnos ethnic groups for no apparent reason in countries 
battling one another just because of their ethnicity or their color or their religions and all. But here, ethnos against ethnos, and we're seeing that even in our own country. We're seeing race wars all around the world and ethnic wars, ethnic cleansing, horrible things like uh, Hitler did in his day. Then it says kingdoms against kingdoms. There'll be entire nations that will come against one another. And we have kingdoms, even the smaller divisions of that will come against each other. There shall be famines and pestilences. We're seeing an intensification of that with the, the food sources and the food supplies all of these disasters that are happening around the world and the climate changes and all that, and I'm not going to get into all that, but they do affect the growth patterns. The disasters can wipe out the crops, and we're seeing that the cost of food is so much. Remember a penny, a measure of penny for a wheat and... So it's almost taking a day's wage to buy your groceries. All of us feeling the pinch of that, groceries and fuel, etc. But Jesus said there will be famines. There are places, Ethiopia and other places, where there are great famines, where people do not have assistance and cannot feed their families. And pestilences, like we had experienced for the last few years with the COVID and all, all kinds of diseases and cancers and all. And I believe that almost everybody listening to this broadcast, some loved one, friend, or family members affected like by that. And earthquakes in diverse places. We have, I remember telling my wife the other day we were driving through West Virginia and they're having all kinds of problems with um, rock falls and, and mountains collapsing and mudslides and things like that. And man is drilling into the earth and he's fracking and doing all kinds of things that are affecting our environment. I'm not some crusader for all that. I'm taught to told to teach the word. But Jesus said in verse 8, all these, all these things found in verses 6 and 7, they're just the beginning of sorrows. And sorrows, that word is unique. It's the idea of a birth pang. When a woman has a birth pang as she goes into labor, the closer she gets to that birth, they accelerate, they intensify, and every woman that's given uh, birth to a child, I believe, understands that. Verse 9, there will come the persecution of the saints. We're getting to a time where true Judeo-Christian values and being a person of faith is something that's considered strange and not just accepted and not tolerated anymore, but the desire of some to crush that. Then shall they deliver you, verse 9 talks about that, up to be afflicted and shall kill you. 
afflicted at the idea of crushing you with pressure. They shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. During the tribulation, the church will be raptured, the believers, not the building, the church will be raptured. And then those that have not yet received Christ will have the decision to make either to follow Jesus Christ or the Antichrist. If you follow the Antichrist, then you'll need to take the mark of the beast. And if you do that, you will be damned forever. But if you reject the mark of the beast and you say, I still want Jesus Christ, it's going to be difficult, but you will be able to receive him. The 144,000 evangelists of Revelation 7 will be seeking to reach people with the gospel. That's why it said the gospel will uh, be preached and they will reach many people. That's when the book of Romans says, all Israel shall be saved. And then it says in verse 10, and then many shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. We're seeing that internally. We're seeing that in families. And it's, it's just a tough season. But it will accelerate even more as we see the day approaching. Verse 11, and many false prophets, pseudo-prophetes, those that claim to be Christian or have some other agenda, the agenda of the Antichrist or the agenda of Satan, false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. How many times lately do we hear of somebody, they're a televangelist, they're part of some great ministry, and then all of a sudden they make a, a shift in their morality. They make a shift in their um, orthodox beliefs. They say, well, they no longer believe the Bible or they no longer believe the Old Testament or they no longer believe all kinds of things. Well, we're going to see a time when false prophets will arise and many will be deceived. They'll say, well, look at his credibility. Look how many books he or she has written. Look how large the ministry is. Look how much money they make. Look at the mansion and the jets and all that. That must be the blessing of God. Not necessarily. It says, and because iniquity shall abound. That's what we're seeing now, the, the increase in sin. Our Lord said it would be like the days of Noah where every imagination of man was only evil continually. And so it says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love is that there won't be the kindness and the compassion and the sensitivity. People will become colder, harder, and more sinful. I saw a report on the news the other night where that um, there were some kids that had perpetuated a crime on three other kids. And one of the murders was 12 years old. And these were a group of pseudo friends. 
and three killed the other three, as far as we know. But verse 13 this says, He that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm going to address that verse, and then we'll pick up in our next broadcast. But what does that mean? Does that mean that you can lose your salvation if you uh, keep on believing till the end? You know, here's what that means. That means that if you endure to the end, let's say you're in the time of tribulation and you refuse the mark of the beast and you receive Christ as your Savior, it says the same shall be saved. You see, Matthew 24 is written kind of like a telescope where that Jesus speak prophetically, he talks to his immediate audience, then he talks to an audience a little further down the road, all the way to the time of the end, so it covers all of us. And so I just encourage you by what may seem like some frightening words of Jesus, he's just warning you, he loves you so much, he wants you to repent of your sins and come to him. So the word of God should sting us sometimes and convict our sinful hearts to the point where we say, Lord, and if you want to pray this one, then do that today. Lord, I repent of my sin. I change my mind, my will, and my direction. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name. And for those of you listening that are hurting or suffering or lonely or distressed or struggling or in financial difficulty, Lord, put your hand upon that child of God or even that unbeliever so they can see your goodness because your word says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. If we're a believer that's in sin, You've been good to us, Lord. May we repent of that. If you're an unbeliever, come to Jesus today. You can contact me by email or text. The email is charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com or text me at 386 795 8494. Well, have a blessed night and day and week, and God bless you. I love you.